This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, yes, indeed. It is a Tuesday edition of The Middle with Harry, Harry Mays and Barrett Brooks. And, man, off of a Monday night football game, that seemed to turn the clock back a few centuries in the game of football. I was th- I was thinking they were going to have to break out the leather helmets last night, Barrett. <laughs> uh, but, man, we have a lot to discuss with that. The Manning cast, uh, there's Ben Simmons stuff. There's more, a little bit more juicy stuff with that. The Sixers get a win on the road last night. Joel Embiid goes off. And, um, and we got a couple of guests, too. We got Rob Motti coming up at 1130. Uh, the Associated Press, and then an old buddy of mine who runs the Al Scoop website, and also is a uh, is uh, one of the guys in the broadcast journalism department at Temple, teaching young lads and ladies how to do how to do things like interview players after the game. So we're going to talk to him about the Temple football coaching search and uh, a little situation that happened late last night after the game in Buffalo with two of the Buffalo players and a certain uh, Buffalo reporter. What? We'll have to get to that. Oh, yeah. Barrett, I've been busy. I was up at 4 a.m. today. The, the, old, the old lady had to get up at 4 a.m. to get ready for a flight. So I was up at 4 just perusing the Internet because I figured you'd be in bed till about 9.30. Bro, and I and I, I didn't get up until actually it was a little after nine thirty. That because, is a disgrace. Um, it is, man. And, oh, and the only reason I, I got up is because I set my alarm clock for nine forty. Yeah, I stayed up late last night watching the game. Right, had some infused pineapple vodka. I my, didn't my drink. State last side night. didn't get there. Oh, it my didn't. State, my, my state side hasn't got here yet. You know, yeah. Xander, uh, Xander's got to hook it up. He hadn't hooked it up yet. Come on now, Xander. Let's go. Well, can you imagine where this show would be today had I taken that same approach? <laughs> well, you're the responsible one. Of the, exactly. Out of the both. Yeah. yeah. I hate being the responsible one. You know how, how much n- no fun that is to be the responsible one? Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll tell you. But, yeah, last night's game, man, I'll tell you, the Patriots, where they threw three passes – I actually went to bed at halftime, and I'm kind of glad I did because really nothing much happened in the second half. I shed a except tear. a couple of great defensive plays yep. late in that game, but and a missed field goal by Buffalo. But man, you, you Belichick, uh, Nick Kale actually tweeted this. I think it was last night or this morning, and he's absolutely right. This past weekend, uh, just solidified the fact that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick still run shit. And that's really the facts, okay? They really do. They're the bosses of football, and we're just we're just here, you know, watching it. What what, me? We just what you witnessed was three passes. That's greatness. Total opposite of Eagles football in the second game, where they threw where they ran the ball three times by a running back. They ran the ball every single play besides three times. He only threw it three times. 
I almost shed a tear, man. I almost shed a tear. Well, that's yeah, what I mean, football's all about. Well, the weather, inclement yeah. weather. Now, how, how would you it. have liked to have sat in that game? Like, I, I know somebody that went up to that game. He's a big Bills fan. I'm telling you, I would have passed. I would have sold the tickets. <laughs> I'm soft. I'm not sitting in a stadium where it's windy like that and rain and snow and all that other crap. Harry, I played in Green I'm out. Bay. I, I played in Green Bay. Yeah, you Bay. were getting paid to play, though. That's a difference. It is. It is. But I didn't have a, I didn't have any sleeves on. Okay. And I only played I only played on special teams, so I was only on kickoff return, and PAT. Okay. So then you were standing on the sidelines with those big coats over you near those blow uh, blow torch heaters. I did for the do whole that. day. I was tough. I didn't do that. I stuck oh, it out. Please. I was out in the elements, bro. <laughs> I was in the elements. No <laughs> sleeves on. You know, I'd have been in the blue tent the whole time. <laughs> Oh man, I, I gotta go inside. I gotta get a massage, man. We gotta go in the tent. You got a heater in the tent? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that was awful last night. There's no way I would have fucked no sat through that. I don't care if you're Bills Mafia or not. You know, it's um, brutal. It was so cold sometimes, man. That guys were getting close to those 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 big heaters, almost like jet engines, man. They are. I've been on the sideline. I've almost got burned by one of those damn things. Well, guys were getting so close to them, and it was yeah. burning their uniform, melting their shoes. Guys yeah. had to go in and get um, another pair of shoes because they melted their shoes, actually. Socks getting melted. <laughs> yeah, man. Those guys are getting yeah. third-degree burns from it. Oh, it is like a jet engine. You're exactly right. I think they're actually dangerous on a sideline. They are. Especially they are. when players come crashing into the, you know, out of bounds and stuff, and everybody's got to run out of the way, and you got this big, <laughs> big damn, you know, like heater literally blowing fire on It's you. literally fire. It is. You see it coming. You can see it coming, man. And it, <laughs> you can never get enough of it. I'm then you have those... somebody somebody's jacket hasn't like gone up in flames. It has, bro. <laughs> like, you it know, they, they've melted the jacket start melting on the outside. <laughs> you sit, you know, and then you, on the bench they had those heated benches. The heated benches are great, bro. Yeah. They're great. You now, stick yeah, your foot inside the little things and your feet warm up on them, man. Yeah. Now tone on, tone on the stream. Come on, Harry. That was a huge division game. What's your point? I know what happened. Well, you think I had to stay up till midnight to watch that? I watched the first half. I got the I got the sense of the the, the game. I knew what Belichick was going to do. He's a genius. Well, how was the Manning cast? I didn't see the Manning cast. How was I that? watched the first half, like I said, and Letterman apparently uh, had a connection issue. He didn't show up until there was only about three and a half, four minutes left in the first half. Oh, get out! Yeah, so I thought he was like sort of pulling a fast one. Where it was like, hey, if I wait, keep waiting and keep waiting, I'm only going to have a short segment because they're going to get rid of me at halftime anyway. Right, right. You know, so because he was only supposed to be there for the second quarter, but he didn't show up till there was about three and a half, four minutes left in the half. And then, you know, they were going back. Peyton Manning was laughing his ass off at everything Letterman said, whether it was funny or not. Like, he just thinks he's hilarious. I don't. He wrote. I never did. But. You know, I, I never got Letterman. So I just sort of like sat through that. Uh, but the, the Joe Buck stuff that we got, it, we got a little bit of the audio of Joe Buck, who apparently was uh, smoking a vape pen the entire time he was on in the fourth quarter. And people are alleging that it was absolutely, it wasn't just like cigarettes. It was right. marijuana. It was like, you know. Well, you could like, smell it. I mean, why not? Right. Right. I'm, I'm, not, work. I'm not casting judgment. <laughs> I, I think it's great. Do whatever you want. I think you should do that during the game with Troy Aikman. Oh, my goodness. That would well, be been, fantastic. 
there were people at ESPN that were like drunk doing cat, you know, doing um doing shows. Well, Pat Summerall would drink a, a fifth of vodka during a football game. That's why he was the best, man. That's why he, he was, was the, the greatest. greatest. And Brookshire. Both I should of those try. guys. I should try to do this show one time. You think uh the examiner will be pissed off? I'd Idle be, stateside. No, I'd be fine with that. The only thing, <laughs> you know, how do you do how do you do an FCS game, playoff game on stateside vodka? You can't do it, man. Why There's not? Too many, too many unknowns. It's hard enough trying to memorize those players and do that. It's, well, it's, you have a chart in tough. front of you anyway. You don't really have to memorize them. Yeah, but still, man, I have to see stuff, you know, and I might miss something. Yeah. I'd be scared I'd miss something. On this, I know you got my back, so I – Right. <laughs> right. You got my back. The responsible man. one. When I'm the responsible one of a show, we've got problems. <laughs> Seriously. But we got some audio of Joe Buck uh, in the fourth quarter uh, taking a little shot at Peyton Manning. I thought this was actually pretty funny. And Peyton, you know, they love to, to break each other's balls. They got good. You know, the they're, they're self-deprecating. They can take a joke. Uh, but I thought this was pretty good. It was a good question and a great response from Buck. Hey, Joe, when y'all have a blowout game, like, do you ever wish you could have a guest on there that you and Troy could interview? Yeah, you know, the last time I thought about that was when you guys played Seattle Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, shots. Shots fired. Yes. Oh, that was amazing. Little, little dorky Eli down there. Whoa, shots. Shots fired. That was amazing. That, that was, was a great, great response. Wasn't it great? I mean, it started off from the first snap. Turnover, right? Right? Wasn't it? Wasn't the snap? Didn't it go over his head? Yeah, it went over his head, and, and, and he recovered. It was a total massacre. That was they, Seattle over Denver, right? In that they beat Super the Bowl, hell out yeah. of him, man. Yeah. That was crazy. That was a great, great Super Bowl, man. I thought that was awesome. So <laughs> that was that was part it. of the fun last night. But how about? I mean, how about you know you as an offensive lineman had to love the scoring play for the Patriots uh, on the run by Harris. Yes, the, the blocking on that play was just perfect. Blowing guys off the ball, pulling. I mean, it, it's it was it was it was. I was just a, 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 astonished on how they were just running the ball at will. They couldn't stop them, and even when they did stop them, they'd still turn around and run the, the exact same play again. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about, man. Blowing right. guys off the ball, and they're not a big offensive line. They're not even a physical offensive line. No, but that's you and I have been talking about this for a while since the Eagles started running the ball. It's like, you know what we're going to do. We know that you know what we're going to do, but we're going to do it anyway, and you're not going to stop us. <laughs> that's the most imposing thing that you can do yeah. to anybody. Just you, you, We're going to beat you up, and you know we're going to beat you up. And mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. And they want to make you go over the sideline, and draw up whatever you want to draw to try to stop, it, and we're still going to run it and still beat you with it. Yeah, that's what I told. That's what I, that's what I've been trying to say to everybody. It really doesn't matter who's at the quarterback position for this Eagles team. It doesn't matter. You got to go with the strength, and the strength is the running game. Right, but that's only going to be able to carry them so far. It well, they said the same thing about last night. Well, I mean. <laughs> We'll see how far they get in the playoffs. Okay, but that's playoff football right there. Right, I know, but, but you're, you're still you're still going to have to trust Mac Jones to make a couple of plays in a playoff game. And this is all great in Week 13, whatever it is, and in a 
awful weather game. Now, if you get an awful weather game in January in one of the playoff spots and you have to do that again, that's fine. But I'm just saying at, at some point in the NFL, the, the quarterback has to be able to make and execute a couple of throws. Well, see, there lies the problem. You know, um, he doesn't have the weapons the Eagles have. The Eagles have better no, weapons than they do. They do. You're right. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at they got a better offensive team than, than, than New England. It's just Belichick gets it. Well, their defense, is, needs to get their defense is really good, though, too. That's why I said offense. Yeah. I would say yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> just before you got a little carried away, let's just, no, let's no, just no, make no. sure that we're not offense, comparing the Eagles' yes. defense to the Patriots' defense. That's why. And then I, you know, I didn't say nothing about Gannon. I didn't say anything about defense. I said right, right. offensively, they have better weapons. The Eagles have a better offensive line. They can blow people off the ball at will. It's just you got to you just got to do it, man. Nick Sirianni should have looked at that and been like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do from this point on. Right. And I'm not saying just to that extreme to only throw three times. That's crazy. But still, though, you know, and passing yeah. offenses, man, during November and December up north, it, it, it's all but forgotten, man. You just got to run the ball. Right. See, now point. They're, point, they're, they're trying to build a new stadium eventually up in Buffalo, right? Yes. Or, or they're going to threaten to move and all this uh, all this nonsense. And part of me is like they should never have an indoor stadium because the elements you can you should be able to utilize to your home field advantage. Right. But then the other part of me, the part of me that would think about going to a game, I would never go to that game. Like I would need a dome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, in that yeah. weather. So I'm torn no as to what it should be. It's easy for me to sit here in my couch because I'll never venture out of here and say, <laughs> yeah, those Buffalo fans, they need to sit through that crap and watch, and watch the game and deal with the elements and all this stuff because I will never go to that game. No, no. So I where mean, are you a, on that? Like just, Lambeau Field will never have a dome. And and that's what they have to pattern themselves and look at. You have to because people don't understand. And a lot of teams – who face Green Bay think that they practice outside? No, yeah. no, they never practice outside. In fact, whenever, um, whenever you, you see a snowflake falling, mm-hmm. indoor, we're going yep. to the indoor. Right, we're in the indoor, and I'm here. I'm, I was playing in Detroit at the time, and we're about to go play Green Bay. So we're thinking, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, these guys are practicing outside. We're out there. It's a foot of snow. We can't see the field. We're not getting anything accomplished. Everybody's jumping off sides. You don't know who's in bounds, who's out of bounds. You don't know where you are on the field. And we're outside practicing like some nuts. I then go to Green Bay the next year. And as soon as you see a raindrop, Brett Farr would tell you, oh, oh, hey, 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 we inside. Inside, it's raining. I just just felt a raindrop. And he would make us go inside. He would change practice uh, to to the uh, facility at the indoor as opposed to going outside. So how do they develop this this supposed toughness to the it's environment the, then? It's just whenever whenever it got to 20, uh, 20 degrees or, or below, it's just something that kicks in mentally. Brett Favre would tell you he hated the cold. Right. But something would just kick in, and, and he would just go into, like, survival mode and want to play, you know, and, and play bananas. Especially, you know, like Florida kids, yeah. they don't like that at all, man. Yeah, I know, but it didn't work. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did a pretty nice job last year <laughs> up in Green Bay. <laughs> it was a little I'm warmer, saying. though. It was a yeah. little warmer than, you know, they thought it was going to be. It was a little warmer. But they went in and whipped them pretty good, didn't they? <laughs> now, New England's 9-4, and four, and believe it or not, they're atop the AFC. Yes, yes. They've won How? Seven, right. They've won seven in a row, so that means they were 2-4 and four at one point. 
Right. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. And now they have a bye week coming up along with the Eagles. And after they after the bye, they come back against Indianapolis in a good game at Indy Saturday night at 820. Wow. Uh, that'll be, be that'll game. be really good. We get to see yeah. Carson Wentz around the holiday time going up against Hoodie. And the then they have the Bills do the Patriots at home in the return game. But then they finish with the Jaguars at home and then at Miami. So let's just say they lose two games. At worst, they're going to be 11 and six. Now, what was their record last year? Let me see what their record was last year. Now, how do you take it from those extremes? That just goes so Belichick is the man, bro. Yeah. I don't know. I forget what their record was last year. Um, Well, they had Cam Newton. And let's see. They went. Boy, they lost one, two. One, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They lost nine games. So they were what seven and nine last seven year? Seven and nine. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Seven and nine. And look at them now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this just goes to show, man. Belichick just knows from a quarterback that doesn't even know how to really play, he's making things happen, man. It's all about coaching. Yeah, it's now you look coaching. at his numbers, uh, Mac Jones. His accuracy is is much better than Hurts. He's like a 70% 70, completion yeah, 70. guy versus like 60 for Jalen Hurts. Well, he's 70% as a rookie, and he's going to mm-hmm. break the rookie record for um, for completions because of that. Is that right? I mean, I mean and yeah, he, he, he's going to break the record for, for a rookie with over 70% completion rate. That's ridiculous, man. But mm-hmm. it's, you can obtain that because you run the ball so successfully. Yeah, and they don't really the they ball. don't really push the ball down the field no, through the no. air either. No, you they'll know? dink and dunk you. Yeah, hand the ball off, play action you. They're not trying to go down the field. They're not. Ha- they don't want. They don't want a deep threat game. They just want to maintain the chains moving, and that's yeah, the I mean, key. Keep the chains moving. The more opportunities you get, the better you are as a team, man. You got to make sure that you did you did you stay consistent at what you do, and that's why I, I keep trying to preach. To everybody, if the Eagles continue to have the success of doing what they want to do and running the ball, not looking all flashy, this could be a really good team, man, a really good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it gives you – and I tell people all the time also, it's the best defense for a good offense. You know what I'm saying? It's the right. best defense keeping their quarterback off the field and you staying on the field beating up that defense. Just keep pounding it and pounding it. Don't worry about if it's successful every single time. Right. Because when you go three and out, when you run the ball, there's less an opportunity of you throwing an interception or making a bad play. You get more of an opportunity to hold the ball. You know, I mean, the likelihood of you run over that left side and not getting at least four yards is slim to none. But we we should take take ownership of the fact that when the Patriots were here for the uh, practices in August prior to the preseason game, the Eagles won the practices right. against New England. Okay, we were, that, okay, don't forget about that. Now they lost the game thirty-five nothing. I think a couple <laughs> days later, but don't worry about that. Don't let that cloud your thinking. Oh, Nick goodness. Sirianni was watching that game last night, saying, "Hey, we beat that shit out of these guys in practice." <laughs> We won the day. Yes. We won those two games. Right. So we played them three times. We won those two games. Yeah. 
Oh my God. But Harris Stevenson and Bolden, man, uh, 217 yards on 38 carries is amazing to me. It's almost like army and Navy football. Yep. Exactly. You know? Those are the games that last two hours. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to lasting three and a half hours. They're two hour games. Right. But man, but, I, that was, that was poetry in motion, man. It, it was, it was great to see Belichick go old school and just, you know, pound it and pound it and pound it. Well, now the thing is, like, I'm wondering because they obviously knew what the weather was going to be, yep. okay, ahead of time, yep. in order to have that as their game plan. You don't just make that up in the locker room uh, or as you walk into the stadium, saying, "Well, oh, I don't think this wind is going to die out, man. We better change our game plan." Like they knew. How did Buffalo not know? Buffalo did know. They just can't run the ball. They they don't know what they're going to do with the running back position. They're right. still they're, up there. Their quarterback's the best running back that they have. Right, right. Yeah. And they should have used him more also. Yeah, but they should have. But you know, look at that. He has he was, you know, Mac Jones was two for three, 19 yards, and they won the ball. Damian Harris, mm-hmm. 10 carries, 111 yards. And one of what was 60 of it was on one play. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um how about the way the wide receiver uh, you know, was positioned. I think it was Nikhil Harry, and he cracked back on the defensive end. I'll tell you that the way they ran that play, Baldy, Baldy will be all over that today. No on question. His Instagram. Yeah, I think I saw him already. He's got a headband on <laughs> right now. <laughs> He's sitting back, got a headband, and I can hey, 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 look, look, hair, hair. watch this, watch this, watch this crack, watch this, watch this crack, pow, look at yep. it, pow, D cleater, look at this, this. D cleater. <laughs> it's assignment football hack. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is a, this is a little bitty wide receiver. A little wide receiver. Right. And watch, watch. He hits this defensive end. And, hey, all he has to do is just get in his way. Just get in his way. Toss crack, <laughs> get the running back outside. That's exactly what you want to do. This is football, Hair. Hair, this is football. <laughs> did you see any of the pregame with the ESPN crew down on the field? Schefter looked like he was about frozen to death. Bro, okay. he looked like he looked like he was, you know, he had the he, earmuffs on. <laughs> like, like don't he want no think, parts of the day. No, me either. I I don't blame him. I wouldn't have wanted that either. But don't you think the earmuff is a is a strange item? Yeah, you can't you can't have that on TV. He didn't Sal care about Powell, it. Sal Powell's worn the earmuffs on television before. I have to be a little tougher than that, man. I think that's a strange item. I don't know if I'd rock the earmuffs. No, no, I wouldn't rock the earmuffs. In fact. Um, this last game I did in Montana, yeah, I um I put a sweater on underneath my suit with okay. my tie sticking out with my sweater. That's fine. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was I thought that was a bit much. You know what I'm saying? I was glad I did it. Well, what do you mean a bit much? I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I mean, I, you know, I thought I'd be, well, these, they, everybody might think I'm soft or something because I'm oh. I have a sweater on underneath it. I was kind of thinking that in the back of my mind, they might think I'm soft. You're not but I think you're really anymore. soft. I think you're really soft if you go out there in earmuffs, man. That's yeah. just me. Yeah, just I, me. I, I can't. I could never rock the earmuffs. But at the end of the broadcast, like the pregame ends at like eight fifteen, I guess. And um, they didn't even like Susie Colbert didn't even end the segment, and Randy Moss and uh, Booger were running to the the bowels <laughs> of the stadium to get back in some room where it was warm. They were exactly. literally running off the set. It was hilarious. That's that cold, man. That cold makes <laughs> it makes you a punk, man. Yeah, it makes you a punk. It does. You don't want so, any parts of that cold, man. You you don't even want to touch people. I can remember being out there and it's so cold that 
when you you work this sweat, you worked out of sweat, and your sweat would come down and it would instantly freeze on your face. Mm-hmm. That's how cold it was. Right. And they should outlaw games in Green Bay in December, Monday night games. You can't play football out there and that stuff, man. Yeah, but you don't even want to hit anybody. I know, but the playoff games, they always get those like six o'clock in the evening in January. It's it's that's a night gets freezing. Freezing. That's freezing. the home field advantage that they supposedly play for all year. And it's it's that's a different type of cold too, man. It is. Out there is a it's different like type Canadian of cold. cold. It's yes. like Canada cold. Yes. Yeah. Like the cold here in Jersey is different from the cold in 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 um in Green Bay. Yes. In the Midwest, it's a different, it's a it's an altogether different thing, you know. It 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 may be the same temperature, but it feels totally different. You know, it's like ice cold. Like when you're in Colorado, mm-hmm. Colorado has that dry cold. Right. But it's intense, man. It's intense. You can't even breathe out there. That's another thing, man. You can't breathe up in those areas either. Mm-hmm. Going to Denver. And how about, you know, yeah. Uh, how about Belichick going for two? Because he knew he was going into the wind. It's like, and he ran the same play. <laughs> the same play that they scored on essentially was what he ran for the two-point conversion, except this time the guy had to go to the pylon. That's what it is, man. Yeah, that's what it is, man. It's, it's, what it's all about. Nothing. Before you blink, they were up eight nothing. They did, they did it again. They stopped them again. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. All right, I thought that was pretty cool last night, though. I'm glad I was in my house, though. It was like seventy degrees. You know, I, I you know, I, now that I've thought, now that I've thought about it a little bit, I, I I would still do it. I would still sit out and watch a game like that. I would. You would? Yeah, I would. I would. It had to be some extra special um, chocolate cocoa I would have with me, though. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It, it had to have a little a little something in it to do it. But, it, yeah, I would definitely do it. Yeah, I would definitely J- John do it. Dickerson's uh, calling us pussies here on the on the stream. <laughs> yeah, I, all right. That's fine with me. I can take it. <laughs> I am one. <laughs> you all don't right? care, huh? Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. When I was in my 20s and 30s, it was a different story. Well, you it, didn't seem to mind the cold as much. No, you didn't. You didn't right? seem to mind anything back yeah. in the day. No. Yeah. Is, is the dog there again? Yeah, man. She's sitting right here. <laughs> again, you know, but hey. <laughs> Just don't start putting the dog on your lap for the show. Oh, the dog. I'm, I'm not going to breastfeed the dog, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I got that all the oh, time, man. Oh, you know, my God. Why, why is your boy breastfeeding? I'm like, come on, man. Don't do that. Man. Don't do that, man. <laughs> don't do that, man. All right, now, did you see any of the Sixers game last night? No, I didn't. You didn't? I actually watched the final, what, three and a half minutes because it was close. I was checking it on my phone. I'm like, oh, boy, they they might cough this one up. And they actually were up two or they were up two, and then they were down three, like like that, with like a minute to go. And I'm like, here we go. So you knew from that point it's over. No, but Embiid made a couple plays. It was all Embiid all the time last night. Doc Rivers ran another <laughs> horrific out of bounds play. He's as bad as Brett Brown when it comes. You to think? The, when it comes to designing a play late in the game where you need a shot, he's ha- he's awful. Well, you know, he didn't awful. have when he won that championship with the Celtics. He didn't have to worry about running an inbound yeah. play. He had three superstars. Yeah. So he needs that third superstar out there. He Well, he needs a second superstar. Well, where's his second one right, right. now? Because Tobias <laughs> Harris to ain't playing myself. as a second superstar. I can tell you that. It's a joke. I had to correct myself, man. But they yeah. won. They found a way to win. You know. They need that, man. They need Jeez. it. I'll tell you. And then uh, we got some more stuff on Ben Simmons we're, we'll get to. 
uh, in the second hour of the show. Uh, but the Flyers lost again, Barrett. Their That's ninth bad. straight loss after they fired the coach. And this is what I heard they did. They sent out a, a missive or a message saying that there was going to be a press conference at like noon or something mm-hmm. at like 1030. So they have a game that night. So instead of having the press conference later in the afternoon when everybody could have come in and then stayed there for the game, they had, these guys had to come in early. Stupid. I, I totally, it's totally stupid, stupid, man. Just to fire the coach and then right. name this other guy the interim coach. Well, who's the interim? Yao. Is that how you pronounce it? Y-E-O. He was already on the bench. He's been, he was in Minnesota with the general manager when, when Fletcher was, you know, uh, the GM out there. Uh, he's just, he's just the interim right now. So he's in charge. So they fired the coach yesterday and then found a way to lose again to a really good team. Mind you, Colorado's good, right, but right, right, nine right. straight. That's ridiculous, man. And, and we got some video that we got to show uh, Rob Motti and you in the next half hour. That pretty much sums up the Flyers organization for the last decade. <laughs> this could be some, some very uh, telling uh, video, huh? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It pretty much sums up uh, a lot of Philadelphia sports. <laughs> yeah, I saw it, man. I... <laughs> okay, you did? All it's right. poetic just. Yes, it yes. is. It is. All, All right, right. we're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with Rob Motti from the Associated Press uh, after this, back in three. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia. 
and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Rob, welcome back to the show. The middle, oh. Barrett Brooks, Harry Mays, and there he is, Rob Motti. You see him, you love him, you read him every day. The Associated Press, at Rob Motti on Twitter. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for jumping on. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Look at Harry rocking that mustache, man. Wow. I thought that was like a November thing. You carried it over into December? I did, and the reason I did is because I was thinking that uh, Minshew might get the start last week, and sure enough, he did, so I had to keep it. And now now since we're in the bye week and in the midst of a full-blown quarterback controversy, I can't shave it off. Uh, is it really? Is it really no. a quarterback controversy? No, I don't think so. Okay, Here's the controversy. Here's the controversy. Neither one of them is the guy um more likely than not yes yeah, more yeah. like gardner isn't i'll tell right, you that right much. Gar- no. gardner isn't I'm, I'm still not convinced that jalen isn't i think it's trending towards that he's not but mm-hmm. i'd like to see him get an uh well now it's four more games four to, more to games, see what yeah. he can do yeah as he should man you know i mean give him an opportunity usually yeah. you give quarterbacks three years to show who they are you know what i mean he's yeah. not gonna get that opportunity yeah, and you know what it is unfortunate? It's hard to really look at a quarterback when you're in a rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it, year, and, and and accurately, fairly assess his ability on that one season when you're still growing. You still got a, a rookie head coach, a rookie coaching staff who are who are really learning on the fly. Like it took Nick Sirianni about a handful of games, almost a quarter of the season and beyond, to figure out what he wants to do offensively. So to, to put it all and definitively say at the end of this year that Jalen Hurts isn't the guy I think is going to be unfair, but I do believe eventually that's the direction they're going to go. Now, he could come back, light it up for four games, go into the playoffs, win a game, and then they'd be kind of forced into giving him another year. But I, I just get that feeling that since before the season started, when they were looking into Deshaun Watson, when they were looking into moving up in a draft, they didn't think he was the guy from that point. So he was operating – uh, from under the gun from a deficit all along. Yeah. 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 Well, let, let's just say, you know, they don't take a quarterback in the first round of the draft, which I don't think they should. I don't think there's anybody up there that really dazzles me uh, enough to, to spend a first round pick on. And let's say Deshaun Watson only wants to, you know, he wants to go to Miami. He doesn't want to come to Philadelphia. Green Bay doesn't want to send Aaron Rodgers to another NFC team. If he leaves Green Bay at all, and Russell Wilson, you're left with, you know, maybe a Russell Wilson. I would take a shot at Russell Wilson, but who knows if that doesn't happen. Maybe he does get his other year simply because they don't have any other moves to make. Yeah, Harry, that's a great point because I also look at this quarterback class and and I, I don't know that anybody 
is definitively clearly better than Jalen Hurts to where you're going to have to start over and, and do it all over again. And you're not guaranteed anything. And then those are the three quarterbacks we always look at, right? Aaron Rodgers isn't coming here. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he'd rather retire before he played or came to Philadelphia. Deshaun Watson, it would have to be the only option. It would have to be for him. He's already said he didn't want to be here, but it looks to me like uh, I know he wanted to go to Miami. Tua has come along has. nicely the past few weeks. Now they've won five games in a row. They actually have a shot. They're right there in the mix. Does Miami now want to mortgage some of their draft picks and move on? Uh, so that might, Deshaun might be in a position where if you want to play, it's got to be in Philly. Russell Wilson, guys, I spoke to him three weeks ago, and I got no indication that he would at all want to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. And and I know that Eagles fans want him. Listen, I will give up anything for Russell Wilson. I think at 33 years old, he, he flat out told me he wants to play another decade. So he's looking at playing into Tom Brady age years, like 42, 43. And I think he could be really elite for at least five, six of those years. So you would give up two first-round picks or more for Russell Wilson. I, I just think his options, he probably would rather be in New Orleans, Carolina, Pittsburgh, mm. all over oh, Philadelphia. And, and maybe things change. And, and if you can convince him to want to come here and play here, heck yeah, I'd go after Russell Wilson. But I don't think it's the end of the world if you get another year of Jalen Hurts and actually use those three first-round picks, guys, to build around them to build a defense and use two of those for defense and use one maybe at another skill position or bolster that offensive line because you're always going to need offensive linemen. Yeah, you know what? You look at um, you look at the master. You look at Belichick. And look how he won this game. It's December. They threw the ball three times. Yeah. Now, you see that game plan. Yeah. Why doesn't a young coach like Nick Sirianni look to that? And see, this that's definitely something that they could do. And, you know, it doesn't matter who's at the quarterback position. I mean, it, you, it really doesn't matter when you have an offensive line that can run the ball like that. Why don't they think more towards that than trying to, you know, rethink the will? You know what I'm saying? To me, it just doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> you know, I've seen Trent Delfer. I've seen Brad Johnson win mm -hmm. Super Bowls. Doug Williams. And, yeah, Doug nope. Williams. I've seen him win Super Bowls. And Timmy Smith. they're not blowing up. Yeah. yeah, they're not blowing up, you know, the – the stat board's throwing the ball. I mean, why can't they think conceptually, forget wanting the superstar? How about we just build around what we have, take advantage of what we have? What's wrong with just running the ball with that offensive line? What's wrong with it? Barrett, man, I, I ultimately I think it should come down to winning football games. And whatever right. you got to do to win a football game, that's all that matters. I don't need a quarterback who throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns with 120 passer rating. If that quarterback can run for 100 yards and, and open up the offensive, uh, open up the run game to where you're just manhandling teams up front and you're able to run for 175, 200 week in and week out. I, I think what Belichick did last night, this is a copycat league and we know that. Uh, I don't think teams all of a sudden are going to start throwing three, four, five passes, but I do think some teams are going to look at it and say, hey, if this is our formula for success in a given game, let's roll with it. Force teams to stop you at what you do best before you try and do something else. You don't need Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers to win football games. And, and listen, it, the way the Eagles turned this season around, we all know, is by committing to the run. We saw it. They started to commit to the run. 
and, and they started to win games. And until teams can stop them, the Saints came in here with the number one run defense in the NFL, and the Eagles ran it down their throat. If you could run it on a team like that, you can run it on anybody. Uh, I, I I just wonder, man, how much input Jeffrey Lurie has in this mm. with his fascination with the star quarterback and the franchise quarterback and the passing of the ball and, and all of that stuff. And and, and it, Jalen Hurts, does to me, doesn't mean he can't be a guy who, who doesn't who throw for 400 yards occasionally. We saw some glimpses of that. We saw Arizona game last year. We saw the Dallas game last year. We saw a game here or two earlier this year. But if his if his success rate is best doing what you're doing now and, and you can win your four and two in the last six games, one of them with Gardner, ride with it, roll with it. Yeah, I never thought I'd see the day where uh, Bill Belichick would turn into Ken Niamatololo on on the sideline, you know. But uh, he did it, and he won the football game. So props he even to him. showed some excitement. Did you see him at he the did. end of the game? Yes, well, I, I, I didn't see it at the end of the game. I saw it this morning. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I did. I'm, yeah, I'm like, Belichick smiling? Yeah. Fist pumping? What's going on here? Tom Brady leaves, and all of a sudden, he's a new man. He's spending money in free agency. He's drafting quarterbacks. He's yeah. doing all kinds of things different. But The, Ju- the Judon yeah. acquisition was genius. Yeah. I mean, that oh, guy, yeah, he's all over the place. But, yeah. uh, Rob, you brought up a great point that I think I forget about sometimes, and I think other people do, too. It's not just us sitting here and maybe one or two other teams you met you you mentioned new orleans you mentioned carolina pittsburgh add denver into that mix there's yeah. so many other teams in the nfl that are dissatisfied with their quarterback situation that between mm-hmm. however many uh draft picks get pushed up into the the draft like they always do between now and the actual draft they get overdrafted and these veterans, and, you know, I don't know. I think there might not be anything else for the Eagles to do but to, to ride with Jalen Hurts for one more season. Yeah, and of those teams we're talking about, they all desperately need a quarterback. Yeah. Right? You look in New Orleans. I, I, I don't know what Sean Payton sees in Taysom Hill. Because no. he's got to be the only person who sees that in yeah. Taysom Hill. Yes, I'd like my absolutely. wife to look at me the way he looks at Taysom Hill. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, you, like, like we, we've seen this year in and year out with Taysom Hill now. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. They no. need to go in a different direction. Carolina is going to have to go. I, I Cam Newton came in there and gave him a, a jolt of energy for a week. And, and maybe that he can recapture some of that magic. But they go as Christian McCaffrey goes, and he's always injured. So I think Carolina is going to – they need Jalen Hurts more than the Eagles do. So all of these teams really got to go out there and, and, and try and do whatever they can to get that Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, whereas the Eagles can be like, hey, at least we, we have a guy that we know we can win with. And now when you look at what they have coming up, they're six and seven, four games left. They're going to be favored in at least two of them, maybe three of them. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if it's going to matter to Dallas at the end of the season. The Eagles should make the playoffs. Like at this point, I've reached where I'd be disappointed if they don't, because that means they would have lost games that they should have won, kind of like they did to the Giants two weeks ago. Well, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, it doesn't matter to me who's at quarterback right now. It doesn't matter is you, you have to build on what your team is. And what happened to Barrett? Barrett, Barrett just, just, he's he just, gone. He just disappeared on us. Oh, now, man. Rob, we're going to get to a lot of other stuff, not just Eagles here, but uh, 
Did you? Well, what were your? What are your thoughts? There he is. Well, what happened? I don't know. It just. <laughs> I just. <laughs> it just. The dog knocked, pulled out the knocked, plug. Knocked himself out, man. Now, yeah, now no. what, what were you but, getting into there, Barrett? It doesn't matter what who's quarterback. You know, it doesn't matter if Minshew. Doesn't matter what hurts. You got to run with what works for your offense. And the offensive line is a run blocking offensive line. They struggle when it comes to passing. You know what I mean? They really do struggle. So why keep bumping your head against the wall when you can just, you know, run the ball successfully? Until somebody stops you from running the ball, then we'll think about passing the ball. But until then, just run the damn ball, man. And, you know, it, it works. It works. And Jalen Hurts is good enough of a quarterback to, to, to make that offense run. I mean, if he, you know, I, I see, you know, guys on the stream talking about, well, you know, um, you know, I don't want a, 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 a quarterback, I'm mean, a running back moonlighting as a quarterback. No, Jalen yeah. Hurts is a quarterback. He's just the new wave quarterback. You know, the days of sitting back in the pocket and throwing like Tom Brady, those days are over with. That's not what they do. That's not what they do at the quarterback position now. Guys, when I when I hear people say, and I had somebody say that to me on, on social this week, that Jalen Hurts is a, is a running back. My man's been a quarterback his entire life. Yeah, exactly. He's been he's been a quarterback who's won in, at at elite college programs. He's now won some games in the NFL as a quarterback. It's the same kind of thinking that people wanted to have. Oh, Lamar Jackson, such a great athlete. Let's make him a running back. I mean, even scouts thought about that, right? And all he did was win NFL MVP in his second season in the league. And, ah, and, ah. Right? Mike, Michael Vick, oh, let's make him a running No, come on. He's, he's a quarterback. That's what he's been. That's what he's always been. And, and I think that Jalen Hurts could be a, a better passer in time. He just yes. needs, he needs more work. And it doesn't it, – you know, I don't feel like you ought to give up on somebody when you're having success one way winning – and, and all of a sudden you go, no, let, let's blow this up. Let's bring somebody else in there in the hopes of they can be better or they can do it. Unless, unless to me it's Russell Wilson, unless it's Deshaun Watson. And you know what? I don't even want Deshaun Watson with all the baggage that he's got going on. Like, like that's a whole other story. That's a whole other issue. Talent-wise, yeah, clearly he's a better passer. He's a better football player. He's, a yeah, top, he's top five. Yeah, he's a top yeah. five. He's great. But man, all that stuff when you when you read about and he's still got to have his day in in the court of law and all that stuff and it it was disturbing, man. It was disturbing. So no, I'm not even worried about it. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. even want him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just just looking at him. But you know, the fact you know Jalen Hurts is like, oh, he's not accurate. You learn those attributes. That's not something you just you just go into the NFL um, and that's who you are. He learned to be a quarterback. You have to learn to go out there and diagnose stuff. You have to run stuff before you can see pre-snap reads. I didn't just come into the NFL and be like, all right, I'm going to go out there and block Mr. White, Reggie White. I had to learn first how to go out there and block. Then I learned how to block guys like that. And we're not giving him necessarily a fair opportunity to really learn how to play the quarterback position. You can see things happen before it happens, but you have to see it first. Then you'll remember it. Then you can go adjust to it. And they're not allowing him to really do that. But if that doesn't happen, like in the next year and a half, I mean, there's a ceiling to being a a quarterback that ends up being your best running back in the NFL. I mean, Lamar Jackson, yeah. what does he have? One playoff win? I mean, at some point, yeah. it 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 you know you can't win the next. You can't get to that next level unless you become a better pocket passer. Is that fair? 
No, that's that's entirely fair, Harry. Yeah. And I think that's been the knock. Even on, with the guy with Lamar. Buffalo, too. Yeah, you know, Josh you know, Allen. Josh Allen. But but, but you're right. I, I remember in uh 2019 in, in Lamar Jackson's MVP season, a coach in the NFL said to me, teams are gonna figure him out. And, and now here we are, it's 2021. They haven't figured him out, but they are able to beat him in playoff games. He mm-hmm. won one game, he's lost these one and three in the playoff games. And I think there are certain things you have to be able to do. You have to be able to to throw the ball when you need to. I mean, Nick Sirianni said this two weeks ago, right, after the Giants lost. He said, what we, when teams know we're going to pass the ball, we're not having success. And and they need to improve. Jalen Hurts needs to improve as a pocket passer. That, that goes – we all agree with that. But I, I want to see him – let's exhaust that possibility, right? Let's Let's see if he can over the next four games into next season before we pull the plug, unless you know for sure – the guy you bring in here is a certified stud. Okay, they say, you know, so the streamers asking me, name five teams that just won a title with a run-heavy offense. I think that's how the last Super Bowl was just won with a run-heavy offense and a good defense. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, that's yeah. what. That's how you, you win championship. You, you, with you, you know. Ball. You know what's crazy? Um, if you look at the top five, or you look at the four teams that make it to the conference finals the last five years, I did this story like last year or the year before. At least two or three of them are top five running offenses. I don't know. Uh, top five, yeah. Top five running offenses to get there. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the team that won, but right. to get to even get in that mix, you have to be able to run the football. And like you both said, hey, they, uh, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. I think he's the greatest of any sport. He's the GOAT of all sports. Uh, but yep. they, beat the, they beat the Chiefs last year because they dominated defensively, and, and, and they were able to uh, – that's how they were able to, to win that game. And that's what wins championships. I, I, my first Super Bowl, the, the Super Bowl I won, it wasn't. It, it was not Big Ben out there tossing the ball around. Oh, he was fact, lost. He he looked like he was lost. He's like he a, was you know, lost. a lost puppy. Yeah. But we were able to establish the run, run the ball. The bus? Was and, that the bus? Yeah, yep. the bus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we ran the ball and played great defense. That's how you win championships. Tampa Bay did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, you, even even Russell Wilson and he won his first Super Bowl. They were run oriented team. You got you had you know beast mode out there, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and a great defense. Mm-hmm. That's how you win, man. Yeah. And people people want this big flashy quarterback go out there. How many Super Bowls did, did Marino win? Zero. Played, yeah, you did what he played playing one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Played in one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Against Montana. Yeah. It, it, it it's it's. I, I think it's it's really glad it's glamorous to have that quarterback, and you ultimately are going to need that quarterback to win certain games. And, and there are there are games you're going to have to go out there and win 35, 31, 42, uh, 34, and you're going to have to have a guy who lights it up. But if you can if you can get to that point and build up to it and win games, like ultimately, I want to just I just want to see a competitive football team go out there and, and win games and. I know it's not old school football. I know you're not going to go out there and run 70% of the time, week in and week out. But it, you can win in this league by running the football. And Belichick proved it last night. And they're now the number one team in the AFC. The number one seed, not just in the division, in, in the whole AFC. <laughs> right. You might, right. Like, we might see the Patriots in the – like we might see a Patriots-Buccaneers Super Bowl, Belichick versus Brady. Yeah. Because wow. the, if, if teams have to go through Foxborough – to get to the Super Bowl, uh, whether it's the Chiefs, wh- wh- whether it's uh, Baltimore, whoever it is in the AFC, Tennessee, 
Uh, Indy, if they somehow sneak in there, it's going to be hard to beat that team in that cold weather when they're able to, to play sound football, good defensive football, and run the ball like they did. Next game for the Patriots is against the Colts in Indianapolis. Is that S- right? Saturday oh. night football? Yeah, they have a wow. bye this week. Too. Oh, that's the Chris. Is that the Christmas night? Game? It's uh, no, it's it's the week, but bef- it's before Christmas. Okay, because Colts yeah. are playing on Christmas also, so they're playing. Yeah, wow. So we got our first round pick now, right? Well, we'll have it after this game. I th- I think it, one more quarter, something yeah, like that. One more quarter. Yeah, one more quarter. Get through another quarter and you get that first round pick. But uh, how about the running back they have out there, man? That, that's running football. Like man. I don't want my quarterback to be my number one rusher. I yeah. want I want a guy like that. Jonathan Taylor is a beast, man. You give him yeah. the ball thirty times. Like uh, I I don't know what the longevity is going to be like on his career. Now he's he's getting the ball 30, 35 times a game, and but they're riding him this year. And and I think that this again in in a copycat type league. Now you might be able to see more teams wanting to do that. If if the Colts are having success doing it, Patriots are having success doing it. Eagles might sneak into the playoffs having success doing that. Ride these guys. And and, and when you do and, and you win like that, other teams are going to try and uh, mimic that formula. Well, at the end of the day, man, I, I, I love I love the fact that, you know, this run-oriented offenses are starting to come back into the fold. When I first got in the league, Dallas ran the ball. I mean, everybody ran the ball. We ran the ball. The Eagles ran the ball. And, you know, that's what wins championships. But I do see – you know, teams like Arizona, yeah. where they don't rely on their quarterbacks to win as many games as, you know, most teams do. You look at uh, – Yeah, but he's know, a 70% England. thrower, though, too. Yeah, but he hasn't he, been and there. And he can run, though. Yeah, and, and he can and run. Yeah. He can, right. yeah. But he hasn't even played – you know, he's just came back within the last two games. Yeah, he missed three. But that system three. that they have, that they've implemented – in which they're run heavy is the reason why you do it. And that's hence that's why I'm saying I don't care who's a quarterback. I love Hurts. And everybody's like, well, you know, you see what Minshew did. You know, you know, they put up all those points. Well, I really think if Hurts played against the Jets, he'd have put up 50 points against yeah. that defense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's not I I knew going into this game, like people are gonna come out of it and, and want to give Gardner Minshew all, all this due and all this credit. And he did a great job. He did what he's mm-hmm. supposed to do. He's a backup quarterback, stepped in there against a terrible football team and, yep. and led the Eagles to victory. And it, it, that's not to say that they wouldn't have won with a, a even greater lopsided margin with Jalen Hurts. Uh, they, they weren't gonna lose to the Jets regardless. That no. defense is horrendous up there. With a def- with a defensive coordinator as a head coach, I know, right? And then a know. guy, a guy who was so highly coveted. And I like Robert Sala. I, I thought he was going to come in there and, and change some things around. And yeah, uh, they, they're just the same old I, New York Jets, man. I he, inherited, he, he inherited a mess, though, bro. Yeah, he did. I thought he, he was going to have an aneurysm on the sideline at one time. I forget exactly what. Oh, it was uh, when they jumped yeah. off sides on on a fourth on a fourth down. Yeah, and it gave the Eagles first down. He went. I mean, he was like 10, 15 yards on the field. How he didn't get flagged, I don't know. Like, I, he he really looked like he was about to like give one of the uh, the the refs the stone cold stunner or something. He, he, he was flipping out. I was like, dude, all right, let's go. I was waiting for him to be like that kid in the in the handshake line in that high school basketball game last week in Iowa. We went boom right in the gut, and then. Right up. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you man. didn't see that? No. Oh no. man. Oh, a kid in a handshake line. Did yes. 
it was it was it was it was crazy man we it was played a big it on the kid show. too yeah it was a yeah. big kid and he was a little short you know point guard like type of yeah. guy yeah he, he just right, he just laid him out man laid right him in out. the solar plexus and then he went up to the jaw <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> well i know you've you've probably seen the video of uh the dog at the flyers game oh yeah yesterday right <laughs> that, i mean it's pretty the, symbolic <laughs> exactly i mean that basically sums up the last 10 years of the organization <laughs> 10 uh, harry you're giving well, them too much credit well I mean, okay <laughs> yeah 35 40 years of the organiz organization man wow. it's a, it's all about the the uh the the, the the crest on the front of the sweater though harry not the name on the back oh my goodness Barrett, I know you've seen that, right? The German the, Shepherd. The, and I mean, the, you know, police guy, and he, he stops and just, just right there. I'm like, is that was that just like on cue? And it was like right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle of the, of the Flyers ice. press, yeah. right in uh, the middle. I'm like, on the day they fire this... their coach, it could uh, not be more more symbolic. Man. I know, I know. It, it kinda, it, it's it's kind of like what Philly sports has been. That's, really? Right. When are we gonna get a break, man? When do we get a break? When Jeez. when do we get when can we have nice things? And that's as I'm just thinking, man, are we this cursed to be like this? It all started with Sam Hinkie, man. That's where it all started. When, when Ben Simmons you. gets traded for CJ McCollum and a couple oh, of draft picks. Can't can't wait for that to happen. I know. That's gonna be that's gonna be great. What, what, I can't wait either, man. Well, hey, at least the Phillies don't have to do anything right now. So right. They, they can't they can't pass on guys because they can't sign guys. Exactly. Yeah. How how long can that up? goes? I think this is I, this might extend a little bit, man. I, when I when I look at both sides, what MLBPA and the, and the MLB are both fighting for, they both have legitimate gripes. So when you have two sides that have legitimate gripes, it's hard to come together. Like if one of them was really far fetched and crazy, then you're like, you, you you go, okay, they'll come to their senses. But I think they're going to dig in and and it's going to be into uh, into spring training, which is unfortunate because I love that time of year. You know, I'm, mm. I'm a whole lot closer to spring training now. It's, it's right. a, not a plane ride. It's a 10 minute, 15, 20 minute ride. I go see any oh, team I want to. Yeah, man. And uh, it's it's 80 degrees today, guys. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, now, it's a good day. Now, Barrett, you should have seen uh, the other night, uh, Rob posted a picture of oh, yeah. dinner that his wife had made lasagna, lasagna. Ooh, that was my I'm, birthday lasagna guys. oh my oh, god happy belated man happy belated. Oh. thank you thank you yeah i uh it was that was and here's the here's the thing guys my wife was born in egypt i grew mm -hmm. up in south philly so i've had a whole lot of pasta and lasagna and and she's she makes the best lasagna ever man she for an <laughs> hey, egyptian gotta, born wife uh, whoo well see you got to go with what, what works man keep you man you got she's she trying to keep you bro so hey yeah, you're she, all good oh she she hooks me up man it was mouth-watering what, what, what part of florida you at uh i'm near tampa yeah well i am yeah. i'm flying into uh i'll be up north man i uh I have to go to uh, Valdosta, Valdosta State oh, okay. game this weekend. So I, oh. I'm flying into uh, I'm flying into Jacksonville. No, I'm oh. flying to Tallahassee. Tass Tallahassee, Tallahassee. Close. Oh, yeah. up in the yeah. Panhandle area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like a, a hop, skip, and a jump from one buck place. So I get to okay. uh, go, yep. go see the goat weekly. It's in, yep. yeah, it's it's like four reporters are there. It's not like wow. it's not like we're going down to Novacare where there's like 20 guys gathered around to ask Jack Driscoll questions. Wow. Here you got Tom Brady <laughs> over there. It's like four of us, five of us asking asking. He looks up and he's he's like, "Is all we got? That's it. It's all, it's all <laughs> wow. Super Bowl champion." Wow. You know? 
So it's pretty cool. Laid back. Nobody nobody cares about anything, man. Arians has got to be great though to cover. He's a good dude. Yeah. yeah he he's yeah. he's a he's he's a no-nonsense guy though, mm-hmm. man. He tells it like it is. He don't hold back. And yep. that's fun. That's fun for media, you know. He don't hold back at all. Well, he's like that as a coach too. I was with him in uh, yeah. I was actually in, with him a little time in Cleveland, and then I was with him uh, when I was with the Steelers. That's my guy. Ask him about me. You know, tell him I said yeah. hello, man. That's okay. my guy. Okay. Oh, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. He was. You know? He was there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was in All Pittsburgh, right. man. You know, he he <laughs> he used to be on Big Ben, man. He's like Ben. I don't care who you think you are. <laughs> and that's how he, that's how he would start the sentence up, Ben. I don't care who you think you are. He's got more soul than I do, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's got more swag than me, man. Ba is that dude, man. Yeah, he's, he's got the Kangol hat on. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. Every and he's got he he just commands respect, right? In that locker room, they they all respect him. I was I was so happy to see him get his Super Bowl last year. It's like one of the, those football lifers. Guys like that who deserve it, so go for him. And, and hey, they got a real shot, I think, this year too. And I, I, I think it's it's the Packers and, and Tampa Bay. I, I don't. Oh, wow. I look at Arizona as a team that you know we saw what they could do in big games against great teams like Green Bay. They lost in that game. Right, I just right. don't. I, I, I like you know I like what they've done there and and the progress that they've made. And I thought Zach Ertz' addition was great. But I'd put my money on Rodgers or Brady over Kyler Murray right now. And, yeah, and, me too. And that's wow. why I, I go pack. Whoever gets the home field, the pack or the Bucks, um, in that game, because I think they might be uh, – one of them could overtake Arizona for the one seed. And we'll see. Even if not, no, nobody's going to be afraid of going to, to, to Arizona. Now in two months I could look like an idiot, but, hey, hey. we'll see. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the holiday season, Rob. We don't talk to you between now and then, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank appreciate you, guys. It. I yeah. appreciate it. You have a yep. great weekend. You yeah, too, follow him on Twitter, at Rob Motti, and also the thefaithonthefieldshow.com. All right, we're going to take a short time out, be back with more. We got uh, John DiCarlo from Al Scoop coming our way at 1230, but a lot to do between now and then right here on The Middle Show on a Tuesday. Jacob Media YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Out. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Hour number two, Tuesday on the middle. Harry, Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks. Thanks to Rob Motti for jumping in. We didn't even get to any of the other... Uh, Philadelphia stuff. It was all football, man. What's it all about, man? I mean, I'm, I mean, just look, <laughs> just look at the stream. Yeah, Must they're I? going back and forth. Oh, you got Tyrod Hurts. Ed, I got guys calling me a racist on the stream. I saw you that. Wanna, you want to see any of that? What is going on, on? What here? is he? What? What is all? How that, did that man? guy get in there? I don't know. We got him up out of there. Jesus. I hit him on the chat. I hit him on the private chat. Hey, uh, Xander, get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> Where did that come from? Right. You know, like, come on now. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson come in here and be my quarterback. I'm a racist. <laughs> right. That makes, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. You moron. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, they're, they're the dumbest people. The, right, the people right. that resort to that stuff are the, the, the biggest idiots you've ever been around. Uh, it I mean, just you can, goes you can to have... prove it. You could have you could have you know logical conversation like you know I me mean? look some guys like hurts some guys don't like hurts right some guys like 
you know, Taysom Hill, some guys, well, nobody likes Taysom. I'm sorry. Nobody likes Taysom Hill. Except Sean don't, Payton. Except Sean Payton. Sean yeah, he's Payton the only one loves him some Taysom Hill, man. I'll I don't know you. why. I don't, I don't know, know either. I don't but know I don't either. think I don't think Hertz is Hertz is not a bad quarterback. Hertz is a young quarterback, right? Who can learn to be a better quarterback. And a lot of people say, "Well, you can't teach accuracy." Yes, you can teach accuracy. You know, and but you know, what do you mean as far as accuracy? Like you look at what what Garner Minshew did. Mm-hmm. He had a good game, yes. But the mere fact that you know thinking, oh, he you know his completion his completion rate was up because he throws a catchable ball, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they were so accurate that, you know, hitting guys in stride. No, like the touchdown was underthrown to, to Goddard. Mm-hmm. He had a couple passes underthrown, thrown behind receivers. Right. He just throws a very catchable ball. And Hurts, he gets rid of it. Right. You know, He doesn't hold on to it. Because his pre-snap read is good. Right. But that comes right. with experience of being in the league, experience mm-hmm. of starting a lot of games. He can use that starting um, you know, knowledge that he had where he had a lot of snaps. Right. So he can see things a little better than Hertz does. But I mean, who's to say that Hertz does the same thing, gets some, you know, more playing time on his belt. He's starting to see things better now. His completion percentage and accuracy is starting to go up also. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's just it's it's all about a learning process. Who I mean, gets the t- opportunity to learn though? That's the problem. Right, right. Because there's there's a limited time to that, especially you know at this level. You know what I mean? Like you're you're only going to get so many chances. Exactly. And it, and it doesn't even matter what we think. It matters what uh, you know two other guys think. The guy yep. who owns the team and the guy who picks the players for him. Because if they have their their heart set on something different, then it really isn't about you know Jalen Hurts at all. Well, you know, and it really isn't about winning games if that's you know your sole purpose of of of, of wanting to. You could have well, it's like it, they want to win their way, right? Right. You know what you I mean? You could have the, the greatest quarterback in the world, but have a shitty defense, and and, and what else are you going to do? There's been plenty of great quarterbacks that or good quarterbacks that have had their careers squandered because they never had, you know, the other components around them, or they never had a good defense, or the you know, it's you know what you know, the, the wrong great? system. Exactly. You know what made Tom great? His ability to make people better around him. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurst also makes people around him better. You know what I'm saying? And and Brady's drive is relentless. And it's never and, about who he's playing. It's always about what he can do to make his guys better. Or he challenges himself and what he right. brings to the offense. Hey, we appreciate that, man. We got a super chat. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. Oh, a wild wildebeest Davenport. That's a new name. Yeah. <laughs> now, what does he say here? If Minshew was the guy, he would still be in Jacksonville, and they wouldn't have had the number one pick. Okay, so I would see what he if if Minshew was so damn good, uh, they wouldn't have needed uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, or they wouldn't have even Urban Meyer probably as the coach because the other coach wouldn't have gotten fired. Yep, and he he'd still be <laughs> in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know. I, I, I sit back and I watch film on Jalen Hurts. I see meat on the bone. I sat back and watched Garner Minshew. Mm-hmm. I see meat on the bone. You know, there's a lot of plays to be made by both quarterbacks. Right. Are these the quarterbacks of the future? We'll see. Do I see a higher upside either the Hurts or Minshew? I must say I see it in Hurts. Hurts brings another dimension to the game. Well, yeah, I know you say you don't want other. I don't. I just don't need my quarterback to be my number one rusher. That's the thing. right, Not right, this right. Level. This isn't high school football where it's, he's just the best athlete. Just give him the ball and he'll go make plays. That doesn't work here. 
Well, you know, you're not going to survive. That's the thing. You will not survive. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right in a sense that the reason why he does have a lot of yards is his ability to to run that option play, where you have to respect. All right, you know, defense pick your poison. Mm -hmm. Do you want a big play for 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 your Sanders? Or do you want a big play for Hurts? Most defenses will pick Hurts instead of picking up Sanders because Sanders can take it to the house. So they'll they'll want to stop Hurts instead of that. So that's why Hurts will get the big yards because when they're when they're reading that play out at the mesh point, yeah. they'd rather stop Sanders, which opens it up for Hurts, and that's why he'll get a lot of more yardage. It's not necessarily that he's being you know um, stingy about giving the ball away. He's not reading it right. No, he's reading it right because teams want to take away Sanders. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about Hurts. You know, Hurts starts killing them. Right, they'll they'll change it up and then they'll. Stop Hurts, and then bam, here comes Sanders. Sanders will break you off of 40 yards. Yeah. It's a great option to have when both guys can go out there and make some plays. It and, is. You know, that's what we're looking at. But you saw what the, some of the, the Giants were doing uh, two weeks ago, where after he would you know, hand off the ball, they would still follow through on their hit on the quarterback. And if, yep. if you expose yourself up to too much of that, you are not going to be here. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way I look at it. What I mean is that, but I mean, I, could I, he be I, a little bit more accurate and a little bit less reliant on it on his running? And then you got Kyler Murray. I'd be good with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got Kyler Murray, but you got to stand too. Murray. He's he's built differently, though. Hertz is built differently. That's a strong dude, man. Yeah. I'm not that's doubting his toughness dude, or his strength. I'm just saying, no matter, you know, you can be, there's been a lot of tough guys. That have gone by the boards in this in this game. I mean, seriously, they're all tough. If yeah, you ask yeah. me, you know. Well, that's, that's what life all. is, man. I mean, I I love the fact that we can sit here and debate on Hertz being the quarterback of the future because as long as his name is still, yeah, you know, in the hat, then you know he he has an opportunity. Here's the, here's the thing is like, I just wonder if like the, the folks out there that are watching this and they're saying they've already seen enough to say. Now I'm out on Hertz, but they see one game of Minshew playing against the Jets and they're in. Right. <laughs> That's what How? I don't understand that either. Me neither, man. <laughs> How? You cannot make an accurate assessment about anything that happened in this last game. No, no. Like right now, Goddard is not on cloud nine. Now he's 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 back to reality, understanding that that defense is not the same defense he's gonna play next week. Right. Next week he's gonna play against some defense that guys can run with him, linebackers that can run with him. You know, and 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 will knock him out. You know what I'm saying? That's a good defense he's going to be going against, right? You know, next week, but not now, this did, week. Well, we got the next. Did you read the quote though? Speaking of Goddard, since you brought him up, because I was reading John McMullen's piece in the Philly Voice this morning, and um, of course, it's all about you know Minshew and quarterback controversy and stuff. Um, and a lot of that is because we don't have a game this week, too. You know, we don't have a, right. another opponent to focus on right away. So this is going to hang around for a while. Um, dude, Minshew Mania has officially hit Philly. And the manufactured quarterback controversy is here because that's what Philly does, writes John. And then he gets a quote here from Goddard that says, quote, I think we all kind of know what to expect, Goddard said when asked about the QB situation. And whatever it is. We got to do our jobs to the best of our abilities. And the team, very unselfish team, whatever happens, we're all here for it. Now, that's the end of the quote. 
Right. Now, okay, I'm, I might be in a different context or, or whatever, but that sounded a little bit like it's kind of open-ended. Right, right. You know what it's I mean? Like, like hey, I, hey, if Mitch is the guy, whatever. Like, well, let's just go win game. Almost like they're they're not sort of, or at least he's not saying one guy is the definite quarterback and the other guy is the backup. It's almost I like you flip kind a of coin. Weird. Yeah. It's almost like you flip a coin, you know, on, on, on which way they're going to go. Right. Which is wasn't that kind of strange? It's, it's it, well, I thought it was just what Philly does. You know, what I mean, not just Philly. You know, as far as us as fans. Yeah. But I'm talking about how that organization has been run the past couple for the for the past year. Mm-hmm. Is Hurst there? Is he not there? Right. Or they brought in Minshew. That was automatically a a, a, um, a quarterback controversy when they first brought him in when they traded for him. How long is Hurst going to have the job with Minshew? Minshew has more experience. That's just what we do here in Philadelphia. Hmm. It's well, open-ended yeah. because he understands that the NFL is, you know, stands for not for long. You never know what's going to happen. You can come in day to day and your job will be gone. Mm-hmm. And that's the nature of how you are in the NFL and in the league. You know, I mean, you never know what's going on until it happens, bro. And it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough as a player because you can go out there and have an all-world game, and then next thing you know. They're trying to trade you or they're right. trying to, you know, they're cutting you because, you know, somebody's cheaper mm-hmm. and don't you have to be better. So he just understands what's going on, you know, what's really going on. Now, Philly fans on the chat says I'm late, but dude said Doug Williams won a Super Bowl on running and he actually got a Super Bowl, set a Super Bowl record for 340 yards and four touchdowns. Definitely not in the Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson category. No, he was not. But they the MVP of that Super Bowl was a running back named Tim Smith. Yes, who Tim ran Smith. the ball for over two hundred yards, <laughs> and then was basically out of the league like a year or two later. Yep, for drugs and everything else. Yeah, didn't he get like he got he gained a lot of weight too yep, or something? Came too. too big and yeah, you know he was living the, he was living the, the the wildlife man. He was kicking it. He was kicking it. Was kicking you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, he was having a ball, bro. Oh. I heard I heard stories about it, man. Oh yeah. Out, oh yeah, man. He was going out, you know, strip strip clubs every night. You know, he was just kicking. After he won that Super Bowl, he was the man. Oh wow. He didn't hear about him after that. Yeah. You know I gotta find out what happened to him because he came out of nowhere kind of yep. that year. Even like yep. I don't even know how big his year was, except for the, the playoffs. You look at Trent Dilfer and that Super Bowl they won. They had a great defense. That's that's the best defense I've, I've oh. ever played against. Yeah. I mean, I you know, Sarah Gusa. People don't really understand how good Goose was, man. Sarah Gusa was the man, bro. <laughs> he was the man. He would just sit there, root hog, right? And and and, and yeah, he was the definition of your root hog. That guy, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't move him, man. So you have to have two blockers on him, sometimes even three. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know what made Ray Lewis so good because he knew how to use those, um, use him in 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 a way in which. He'd run, head towards that double team, and then he would be able to slip off real fast and go make a play because right. you had to have two hands, um, two sets of hands on, on Saragusa. Now, Timmy Smith in 87, because that was the year, yep. played in seven games in the regular season, had 126 yards rushing, and then went into the playoffs and just became the Super Bowl MVP. It's crazy. He played 14 games the next year, ran for 470 yards, and then the next year played in one game and was gone. He so was total, kicking. 22 games, nine games started. 
but in this in the 1987 he played in three games in the playoffs ran for 342 yards and one of those was the Super Bowl where he went for 200 plus and won the MVP is there a, another story like that no where a guy is just comes out of nowhere from nowhere has a big game in the biggest of all games and then essentially disappears um I think it was one guy like that um Brown. The DB from Dallas. Oh, that caught the the uh, interceptions in, against Neil O'Donnell. Yep. The two and then he got a free agent contract with the Raiders the next year for a ton of money at the time. Yep. And, and then it, got yeah. Is it Larry Brown? Yep. Larry I want to say it was Larry Brown. Let's look him up too. You might be right about that. So let's look up Brown. There was a Larry Brown for um, for Washington too, a running back. We can't get them confused. Here's the one: ninety-one to ninety-eight. Defensive back. So he did play seven years. But they won a Super Bowl. Um, they did a Super Bowl was in was it 96. 96, yeah. 96. Yeah, he, he spent six years with the Cowboys, then got the big contract based on what he did in the Super Bowl. In 96, and he was gone when? Two years later, he played with Oakland for two more years and did nothing. Must have been hurt. <laughs> Started 12 games. Yeah, that's See? a good one. That's a good yeah. one, too, man. Yeah. Yeah, gone. <laughs> like Kaiser So said, he was gone. Uh, like, who else? I don't, like I don't even remember uh, Timmy Smith like in college football. Like, where did Me he neither. play college football? Was it Florida? Possibly. I don't know. I'm just guessing right now. He's from New Mexico. You, you, you grew up in New Mexico. No, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we got to play. Um, we got to play the audio or the video that we've been talking about in case people haven't seen it by now. This I'm I'm assuming that this was like yesterday during the day. Jamie Apodi from Channel Six Sports. This is actually her video, and there's <laughs> there's got some like police dogs or bomb sniffing dog, some kind of service type dogs are out there mm-hmm. on the ice, Barrett. Now you're a big dogsman. So are these German shepherds by Yes, by those your are German view? shepherds. They're actually police dogs. Okay, they're police dogs. They're walking on the ice, just milling around, you know, greeting people, having fun, you know, smelling everything as dogs do. Now, this one right here, focus in. Here he comes. There he goes. He's in position. Oh my. He he's really doing it, is he? Oh, oh he did, did he? Oh he did. Oh he did, did he? Uh, right in the center of the logo, almost right on the orange dot. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better. Ice. You couldn't ask for a better, you know, ten-year period of, of of Flyers football, just summed up right there. <laughs> Flyers hockey, right and there. And no, that wasn't up. Jason Martinez's dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some folks. I think it was ninety-one LSX who saying that Martinez for the next coach of the Flyers, and other people were agreeing with him. <laughs> That that's how bad it's gotten. He would blow a fuse, man. Oh my god! Could you imagine him like rolling up the sleeves of his suit? You see the tattoos and stuff all down his forearms. He's got that big beard. Oh, be great. What do you say, G? G? Yeah, yeah, say, G? yeah. Hey, G. What do you say, G? 
Oh man, just oh, out. Man, that I, funny, I man. saw that video. I'm like, I I thought, no, this is fake. Like, yeah, how did they how too. did they do that? I'm like, <laughs> did they train that dog to do that? I mean, they're already trained dog, but they, they train. You see the, the flyers. I wonder who the flyers player was. He's over there petting the dog. You know, oh petting my the other god. Dog. I'm like, oh, I want to know who had to clean that up. <laughs> I mean, what happens there? What's the protocol, Barrett? Does the does the officer have to clean up after his dog? They better have some doggy bags in their pocket or something, man. I mean, they have, they have to because that's all they do. They walk around with these dogs. Yeah. Hey, man, when you got to go, you got to go, man. What do they do? Put that green glove on, that, that yeah. uh, the, the plastic-wrapped yeah. glove? I see people yep. in my neighborhood all walking around, walking their dogs right. with these stupid gloves on. Right, you know. <laughs> Picking it up. Oh my goodness! I wish my neighbors would do that. They yeah. didn't let it sit there. Oh, they do. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, a violation. Oh, it's... yeah. You can't live in a neighborhood and walk your dogs around your neighbor's property and just leave it there. Well, I'm not gonna say anything because I have a whole bunch of stuff in my yard that I don't should have there either. So really, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, Martinez would have a guitar on the bench. Yeah, he would. <laughs> <laughs> Probably rip out some some uh, Metallica riffs during a timeout. Oh man! Oh, that's so good. He'd I, have I, him. A, he'd have him some beer or something at halftime or something. Man, knowing him, he doesn't drink really. Oh, he doesn't. No. Well, he doesn't need to. No, I can only imagine. He probably would be one of the mean drunks too, bro. Probably. Yeah, probably no, but he doesn't. He doesn't really drink because I've been out with him. I've, you know, done some, you know, some concerts and stuff with him, and he he did not. Uh, he didn't really even vibe. His on air persona is totally different. Yeah, from his his his, his after work vibe, man. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. All right, uh, now we got we got uh, John DiCarlo coming up. I figured we would get him on today. It's kind of you know the Eagles stuff is sort of you know, fizzling out. There is no quarterback controversy, at least not on this show. I mean, oh. Jalen Hurts, you're going to go back to him. Uh, this year was about finding out whether he can do it. And missing one game with an ankle injury and having Gardner Minshew throw a couple of nice balls against the Jets, to me, is no reason to just shelve this experiment, which is what I call it. It's still an experiment. It, it most right? certainly is. Yep. Yeah. It's a definite experiment because – what 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 else can you get from that? What else can you get from that, man? Um, you, what do you, you mean? Can't, from- as, as, as far as you know, as far as just having Minshew start from this point on, mm-hmm. you you can't get anything from it. You still haven't learned enough about Hurts. You definitely can't, you know, say at this point that Minshew is better than Hurts. You can. How can you say that Minshew is better than Hurts? Right, because the most meaningful games are coming up, the, the next yes. four, all against the division. Now, of course, exactly. they don't have a win against the division, do they? No, they don't. They're 0-2. Yep. And yep. that's Jalen Hurts. But so. you could you could put Ragor in a, in a big, you know, highlight Ragor against the Giants because they actually could have won that game. But well, Hurts was bad, too. I don't understand why, but still, I don't, why are they still trying to game plan him? I don't Ray, understand Ray that. Well, that's yeah. what Joe Banner was wondering. <laughs> Why are they trying to game plan him still? It's probably man. being force-fed from the front office because it's a first-round pick. That's ridiculous. You just want to win, man. That's my biggest just win. You, you know, the cynic in me, and I want to know if there's some other people out there on the stream that thought, because it's the thought crossed my mind. I'm not saying this happened. But I'm like, you know, Jalen Hurts was saying all week that he was going to play. 
And then all of a sudden, Saturday night, you know, it gets uh, the news breaks th- courtesy of D Gun that he's not playing, and Minshew's getting the start. And my cynical brain went into into gear, and I'm like, right. hmm, <laughs> I wonder if this is, uh, you know, this is a good time to shelve Jalen for one week against the Jets, and let's see what Minshew can do. That's exactly what I was. Do you thinking. Th- do you think that? We, oh, you were thinking the same thing yeah. too. Yeah. See, why are we it, like this? I don't see. Any, I, I didn't think the injury was that bad. I'm like, he, he didn't look like it was that bad. It didn't. And I still don't see where it was that bad. I mean, unless it got worse during the week or he had a setback or something. I agree with you. I mean, you, you know, we've seen guys limp off before and, and go into the locker room at halftime and come out and start the second half. Right. Yeah, I don't right. know, man. I was thinking there were there might have been something at work there. Mm. Now, what's the upside to that? Well, the upside, it has nothing to do with, you know, what happened on the field. It has more so to do with the front office seeing, all right, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Our team is built that we we can have a quarterback that can be um, run first quarterback or a pass first quarterback. Right. Because we run the ball so well and we can push the ball down the field with, with either one. So they're trying to figure out, is it hurts that's allowing us to win games? Or is it the rest of the team that's allowing us to win games? And that's mm-hmm. that's where I got it from. You know, so that's why I'm I keep saying it. I don't care who the quarterback is. I just know that Hurst brings a lot to the table. And I, I'll say it again. Garner Minshew put up 30 some points, though 30 points. Mm-hmm. I believe that Hurst would have put up 55 points, you know, mm. over 50. That defense is just that bad. He just brings another skill set that Minshew doesn't have. Imagine running the ball with him and Sanders. So in other words, those, what, three possessions in the second half wouldn't have been field goals. They would have been more like touchdowns. Right, right. And there you have your your 50 points. Or because you look at it. they had um, – what was that linebacker's name? Hold on a second. They had one guy that's really just demoing. You know, that was their middle linebacker. Um, Queen, I think. Let me see. Hold on. What, the Jets? Yeah, the Jets. No, the the middle linebacker is middle um, linebacker. he's the guy who jumped off sides. Yeah. On that uh, play. Mosley. Mosley, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. their leading tackler. CJ Mosley yeah. was their leading yeah. tackler that game. CJ Mosley followed Sanders for the rest of the game. You know, wherever Sanders went, that's where he went. Mm-hmm. So that's why he had all those tackles. Right. Well, who was gonna tackle Hurts after he tackled Sanders on those read options and things like that? So he they would definitely have more yards because he you know he 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 wherever Sanders went he followed. If you watch the game plan, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. That's why he had so many tackles. So if he did that against Hertz, Hertz would have had a field day because now you have to ask somebody else to tackle Hertz and and spy Hertz every play. Right. So it's pick your poison. Who you want him to? Who do you want him to spy? So it'd have been it'd have been a whole different game. Yeah, they'd have run a whole different offense. Mosley's the guy that came from the Ravens a couple years ago, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. CJ Mosley. He's a Bama guy too, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Queen, Queen, they they let him go because of Queen is now with uh, the Ravens. He's with the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I messed up on that. All right, we got a uh, three minute timeout, and we're going to come back on the other side. John DiCarlo should join us from Al Scoop. We'll talk a little bit about this Temple uh, situation as they still do not have a coach. 
see what's going on with that and a whole lot more on the middle. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hi, welcome back to the show, The Middle, right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Barrett Brooks and Harry Mays and... Uh, we got a special guest coming our way right now because uh, there's a football coaching vacancy, Barrett, in uh, college football. And no, I'm not talking about uh, Oregon or some of the others that are there. It's the Temple football owls still need a head coach. And uh, we want to bring the guy on who covers this team like nobody else. And he runs the uh, Temple website called but it's not the Temple website. It's called owlscoop.com. And that's where you get the real stuff on temple football and basketball for that matter and he is john DiCarlo. you can follow him john, on twitter how's it going? what's At up Jay man DiCarlo. how are you 
Yeah, what's what's going on, brother? Is anybody, on, anybody getting interviewed? Is like, like, this seems to very, be a very tight-lipped search committee right now, right? Can we talk about your mustache first? You can absolutely. <laughs> it's epic. No, that's all right. It's uh, is that a Minshew stash right there? Well, I, yeah, well, I kept it because I figured he he might play last week. So I I went through November right into early December because of Minshew. So now we're on a bye week. I got to keep it while we have this controversy. Do you know who the – yeah, I, I, I want to be clear about that. Not that I cover the Eagles. I do not think he should be starting past, <laughs> past this week. But, hey, whatever. Trivia question. Who was the starting quarterback when Temple beat ECU to wrap up the division title in 2016 before they won the conference championship? Well, that was Minshew. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. I did that game. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, you did that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Did I? Yeah, yeah, I did it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry. I was just, I was thrown by the mustache, but it looks solid. <laughs> Thank you very much. It doesn't, doesn't hold like the Barrett's beard. It doesn't, doesn't hold the crown of the Barrett's beard, but it's No, no, no. No. All right. Uh, what is the latest? I mean, is there any news? Are anybody getting any idea as to to where they're leaning? If they've started the the you know the full blown interviews, or are they just sort of assembling a a list of names right now? I someone I had talked to last week had thought that they were going to get things wrapped up by tomorrow. I don't I don't see that being the case now. Uh, when we talked to Arthur Johnson, when uh, when things broke uh, last Monday. You know, I had asked him about, you know, if he had a timeline and he said, it's going to be organic. We're going to have to follow the course. You know, these things are fluid. I'm just reading from one of his quotes here. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, there's the thought that they want to get this, that they want to get this wrapped up by December 15th. And that's the start of the early signing period, which I understand. But I mean, in reality, the new coach is going to have to recruit, you know, in a, in a whatever a normal year is for this program, they would normally sign the majority of their guys in December and then maybe clean things up with an, a name or two, maybe a couple of transfer portal guys in February. But I think the new coach coming in is going to realize that this is a, this is a big rebuild and they're going to be recruiting even for the 2022 class. Well, after, <clears throat> well, after December 15th. So maybe they're not rushing to get it done within the next few days. Like you said at the outset, I think they are being, you know, pretty tight lipped. I, I don't know Arthur super well, but mm-hmm. I, I from what I know of him so far, he seems pretty, pretty reasoned, pretty methodical, uh, seems very intent on, you know, being thorough, talking to a lot of people, not getting, you know, too, you know, too extreme in either direction. And people I know who have talked to him have said he's just very measured, takes a lot of notes, which, you know, which he has to be, you know, I think he knows that for the most part, with the exception of the Rod Carey hire, that they've gotten this right over Mm -hmm. the last several searches, which is, you know, good for Temple there. This one, obviously, with Rod Carey didn't work out, and it was crazy with the Manny Diaz stuff before that, and what a story that's become anyway. Yeah. So, uh, But, you know, I, I think that maybe there isn't going to be the rush to get it done this week. We'll see. Mm. I also don't think this time around, you know, you know you've know, you covered these coaching searches before, and sometimes it's a, it's a name at the last minute that's kind of out of left field, and you think, oh, I didn't see that guy on the radar. I don't know that it's going to be that way this time around. I think it's either going to be somebody – from the Matt rule temple coaching tree, or it's going to be someone that, that Arthur, you know, has a relationship with and trusts. Maybe that's a Stan Drayton. Um, I don't think it's going to be someone like Tom Herman, but um, you know, I think it's going to be something along those lines. I know he's talked to, he's talked to a lot of people. I, I, I've, he's talked to Matt rule uh, to ask him, you know, how did you guys win? How did you guys build this? I think he's talked to a lot of people and, 
kept an open mind. And um, so I think he's been pretty methodical with it, which is, you know, which is good, but I don't know that necessarily the, the December 15th signing day is going to have much of an impact. I mean, I, I'm sure they'd like to get it done sooner rather than later, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it has been pretty tight lip, but I think they know obviously that they really, really want to get this right after everything that's, you know, everything that happened with the last search. Did they do the same thing last search? No, well, they got well. God, the, the last search was that they have Manny Diaz wrapped up. He leaves eighteen days later, so they had gotten, you know, they had gotten their recruiting class in with Manny, and then you know Mark Richt retires, and you know he heads back to Miami after that, and then they had to go back out, and that's when they got Rod Carey, and that wasn't until January. So the last search was was such an anomaly, but I think it's you know different, a little bit of a different vibe this time around. Different athletic director, different president. Um, I don't know, I don't know this for certain, but, you know, different search committee this time around. So, you know, I think this will be, I think this will be a a little, a little different. How has it gone with the kids that were already recruited and verbal? Are they, are they pretty much sticking, uh, sticking with the program as best you can tell? They lost one verbal commitment, a kid named Sincere Jackson, who uh, I believe is a, a Juco kid. They have six other kids verbal, which really isn't, a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I do, uh, you know, I do, a uh, in addition to the, the podcast that I do with Al scoop called the scoop, I do another one now, um, in this Unbelieve. Uh, podcast now, yeah. Adam to Michael and Adam was of course on the, on the staff last year. And I think Adam was of the impression that they were maybe going to probably sign maybe 11 or 12 high school kids and then kind of fill in the rest with guys from the, from the transfer portal, which I guess makes sense. But, yeah, they only have they have six guys verbally committed now. Um, you know, one of my reporters, Caden Steele, talked to Makaya Green, a kid who's up in uh, West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, I haven't seen him play with my own eyes, but he's I mean, he's fast, he's smart, um, doesn't have a ton of other offers, but he's kind of one of those typical Temple guys that they get who they're hoping was under recruited and they develop him, you know. I honestly even UCF made a living off of guys like that that were like an Adrian Killens type of back. So they still have six guys committed. Jackson Pruitt's a, a offensive lineman from the Detroit area. He says he's still committed. Reese Clark from St. Joe's, Joe's Prep says he's still committed. As far as I know, Sam Martin, the running back that they're high on from from Staten Island, says he's still committed. Khalif Kep from uh, I believe he's either either Imhotep or Newman Gretti from Philly. Don't know about him, but I mean they're they're looking at they're looking at a small number of guys there right now. And I think, like I said, even if that new hire comes in, I think they're going to be recruiting, you know, well after December 15th, this, this time around. And, you know, I don't know, could be a situation where I was just talking to a friend about this. If it's, you know, if it's someone like Elijah Robinson, who I think would be a mm-hmm. good hire, uh, who's down at Texas A&M right now, he's one of the highest paid defensive line coaches in the country. You know, he just flipped a kid. I mean, he's a very good recruiter. I, I saw that. that. You know, again, this is just speculation on my part. Does he say to Jimbo Fisher, hey, I'll stick with you till December 15th. We get these kids signed. I'll do the job I need to do here. And then I can hop over to Temple. I'm, I'm honestly not. I'm not sure. But I think he flipped he did, a kid from Oklahoma, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah he's that. a great recruiter. Um, I know he hasn't been a coordinator before, but nah, doesn't that doesn't really concern me too much. Stan Drayton's never been a coordinator before. Um, you know, I think Elijah would be a great hire if you are going to look at somebody from, you know, from. Matt's former staff. Um, he's a great developer of talent. I think he would really bring a lot back that's that's needed with this program right now. I, I would be surprised. I know. I mean, I know that. Um, I know that Arthur 
is interested in him. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's interviewed yet. I don't know if anybody's really interviewed yet. I mean, he knows, I think he knows what he needs to know about Stan Drayton, but um, like I said at the outset, I, th- I thought that maybe they were going to get this wrapped up by tomorrow, but I'm not sure that's the, the case at this point. You think any guys like, you know, um, you know, from, from, uh, what's the case from, from Rutgers DB? Fran Brown. 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 Yeah. yeah. Not so sure Barry. I, um, I like Fran. He's a, he's a very good position coach. He's a very good motivator. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Fran has always, always thought to his credit that he deserves to be the head coach at Temple. Um, I don't know if he's going to get an interview. I know he wants the job. Uh, I mean, I know he's interested. Uh, he was interested the last time around. I, I don't know what's going on there. I understand why his name comes up, but I don't, if I were a betting man right now, I'd say he's probably not going to be the higher. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping an eye on, you know, what's going on, you know, with him up at Rutgers right now, a very good recruiter. Um, but he's always been ambitious about trying to become the next head coach at Temple. I don't know that that's going to happen. It, it's a name that comes up. A lot of the former players like him. He helped develop guys like, like Sean Chandler, Nate Harrison, you know, uh, Tavon Young, these guys that have gotten to the league from Temple that weren't, you know, Champ was a, a, a known kid at, at, at Camden High School, Nate Harrison, and uh, not so much. He helped Harrison hand out. Those guys will credit him. So, a lot of former players do like him, but I, I don't know if I'm seeing it this time around. He definitely wants the job. Uh, I just don't know if it's if it's going to be him. And we're speaking with John DeCarlo. Follow him on Twitter at Jay DeCarlo. Does the Believe in Temple Football podcast as well as everything on AlScoop.com. I got to ask you because we haven't talked about this, but you know the last I remember the good things that happened is they were down 17 nothing to a Memphis team that at the time I thought was a half decent team mm-hmm. they come back to tie that game I was listening to it on the radio 17 all at half and went on to win the game uh and then it all fell apart like how did this happen like well can you put your finger on something as to where this all went bad and you end up just imploding and losing seven straight to finish your year no you're right I mean that was that was the key right there. And when they beat Memphis and this isn't, you know, it wasn't a Memphis team that we've seen in, in previous seasons, but they were still solid enough. And I, mm-hmm. I think I wrote something like for at least a week, they got to change the conversation about their season because before that, you know, you hear all the time in football that what you have there, there's that set of cliches. If the players quit on the coach if the players quit on the coach, and I was getting that, I said, you know, at least for another week, you know, if you come back from a 17, nothing deficit and you win, you can't tell me that they've completely quit on the coach. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that – I just don't think it was a good fit this year. I don't think they ever fully recovered from the perception uh, of last year of losing guys in the portal. There was just some sort of dis- disconnect there between Rod Carey and these players. And so much of what this program did to get better over the years was they adapted to, like, you know, Al Golden – you know, Steve Adazio to a certain extent, uh, and definitely Matt Rule, they talk to these guys about how do you react to sudden change? How do you learn how to win? When things go wrong, you can't freak out. The mood on the sidelines can't change. I just, this staff beyond that first season just never got a great handle on that. And, they, you know, look, in fairness to them, they had to deal with more uh, with, with COVID, with the portal that, you know, transferring certainly existed a couple of years ago, but not to this extent now with the transfer portal where kids can leave and be eligible right away, but they just never seem to get a handle for the most part on how to really connect with these kids, really fully embrace them. I know it was hard to do that last year, 
yeah. but just a different vibe where things where things would go helter skelter um reining them back in they just obviously so i think for a week there was a reprieve there where you know cliches it sounds their best players made some plays dewan mathis played well um ahmad anderson got that jet sweep to close out the game and and played as well as he could but there had to be underlying issues there where just you know once one thing went wrong it was just everything went wrong there wasn't enough cohesion there guys were hanging their heads oh here we go again that's the stuff that used to happen you know with bobby wallace before you know before al golden got there in the first couple years where al was trying to eradicate those habits i haven't seen stuff like that in a long time but you're absolutely right for for a week at least it seemed like they had things turned around and then it just they never won again you know somebody i i talked to uh was telling me that after after that game rod carried bought footballs for all the guys and said something like this is the beginning and he was trying he was trying to get a grip on it and you know trying to get that mentality across we're like hey this is just the beginning of something but boy it was just a huge nosedive after that and Yes, they had some injuries. Yes, they had some bumps and bruises. But you know, when you are just not competitive at all against ECU, against everybody they were playing, I mean, there's clearly a disconnect where yeah. where, where where he had lost the lost the team. Uh, where's Where's Preston in all this? Uh, Preston signs. Is he going to be a coach? Is he going to be more of a um, you know, a, not necessarily an AD, but you know, where is he? Where is he in this whole you know mixture of things happening as far as coaching? recruiting and, and things of that nature. I would hope I get the sense Barrett. And we talked, I remember we talked about him last time. Cause I think you got, you know, Harry was saying, I think you were saying you got the chance to work with him, right? Yes. So, yes. Um, if I'm the new coach, which I'm certainly not, uh, I think you're a fool. If you don't retain him, I would, I would retain him. Um, I would put him on the field because right now in the director of player development role, he can't recruit anybody who he's worked with and coached at Woodrow Wilson or anybody he's worked out at Camden, I would put him on the field. I would put him on the field as my running backs coach. So you can now actively recruit these guys. I get the sense, you know, the temple president, Jason Wingard hasn't told me this. Arthur Johnson hasn't told me this, but I've seen, um, you know, I, I think that they really do like him. I, my guess, my educated guess is that they will strongly encourage the new coach to retain him. Don't know for sure if they will, but if there are two guys I would retain, I would retain Preston and I would retain Gabe Infante. They're both like, you know, two of the more successful high school coaches, not just in this area, but really in the country. I would have to think that Preston's got a, a fighting chance to stick around with the next staff. I think he's still one of the guys that's working in the building over there, staying engaged with recruits as much as he can. But uh, if I were the next coach, uh, he'd certainly – be somebody that I would want to keep around. And like I said, I would, I would put him on the field, get him on the field where he can coach with guys, mentor guys. And then now they can recruit Woodrow Wilson kids. Cause right now they can't because he's in, in an off the field role. So hmm. I would guess that he's going to figure or should figure prominently into the, to the next staff, both him and Gabe Infante, but we'll, we'll see. Give us a little thumbnail on Stan Drayton. Cause uh, he's been at Texas for quite a while. Seems to have been a running backs coach for most of his career. Uh, wherever he's been, and he's got some local ties. He's he was at Villanova years ago with didn't he work uh, with B West? Recruited. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was going to say Barrett could probably, you know, if he ends up, you know, if he ends up being the hire, um, I'm sure that you know people are going to be reaching out to to Brian Westbrook and saying, what what can you tell us about him? He he recruited, he recruited Brian to to Villanova. I know that you know again, I have be lying if I said I've met him before. I, I've tried to reach out to people. 
uh, who know him. I haven't been too successful with that just yet. I mean, I know that on the outs from the outside looking in, people are going to say, all right, this guy has been, you know, a career running backs coach. Why has he not been a coordinator yet? But the truth is, you know, we don't know that maybe he's had a chance to go, you know, to another program and be a coordinator, but thought I, I, I like what I'm doing. Uh, seems to be a very well-respected guy, but you know, I mean, if you, I mean, if you look at his resume, I mean, he's worked with some terrific backs beyond Brian Westbrook. He worked with Ezekiel Elliott and Carlos Hyde before. So he certainly, I mean, he's worked with Jordan Howard, you know, he's had a couple of stints in the NFL. So, I mean, he knows, you know, he knows what good football players look like, not just from being at Texas. So, um, you know, if they, if he is the guy, you know, sure. They could probably sell fans on saying, okay, he was, he's got some Philly ties, but he, he worked here a long time ago. It's been mm-hmm. a long time since he worked in this area, but you know, maybe he is somebody that, that Arthur Johnson knows and trusts. But I mean, like I said, he certainly worked with a, a slew of, of, of talented running backs. Again, he's been at Florida. He's been at Tennessee. He's been at Syracuse, um, you know, being at Texas being, you know, doing a stint with the Packers, um, you know, so he's been around a lot of, a lot of good football, um, obviously Elijah Robinson is much is, is younger than Stan. I think Stan's 50. Elijah might be in his early thirties right now. Um, but you know, Elijah's never been a coordinator again. I understand that that's going to be the question. Okay. Why was this guy never a coordinator, but maybe that doesn't, doesn't matter. I could see it. Um, again, he'll have to certainly reacclimate himself to recruiting in this area, uh, and beyond, but. And hire the right guys that also absolutely. have ties yeah. to this absolutely. area. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, one thing that any coach will have to know, and I'm sure Jason Wingard knows it at Temple, the president, Arthur Johnson, the athletic director knows it. You have to wrap your arms around this program. You can't come in and just say, okay, I get it. Temple tough. There's a culture, there's a vibe, whatever, but I'm going to come in here and do it my way. You have to find the right way of doing it, the right mix of doing it your way, but knowing that this is a very, very, very player focused, you know, they want you to know that they care and they have to know that you care and I'm not talking about trying to find a guy that's going to stay at Temple for 10 years. That doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. at the highest levels anymore. But you have to bring in somebody who really gets Temple as well as they can. And if they don't get it right away, they have to learn how to get it right away. I thought Rod Carey was on that track. In the yeah. first season, he let some of his best players lead. And these these guys were you know, fringe pros and guys that are sticking in the league. Like Sean Bradley's doing exactly what I thought he would do with the Eagles right now. I mean, he's not a starter. He's not an every-down linebacker. Yeah, but Barrett he, loves him. Yeah, hell of yeah. a special teams player, you know, trying to push for a Pro Bowl spot. And as a special teams guy, he's a short tackler. You know, he was leading that team. Yeah. Um, Sam Franklin, who's who's latched on with the Panthers. Um, you know, Chappelle Russell, who's latched on with the in Jacksonville. But then in year two, obviously, like I said, things went crazy with COVID. But I think that these guys were kind of just saying, all right, yeah, 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 I get it. But we want to kind of do it our way. And their way for whatever reason did not work. But mm. so whether it's Stan Drayton or Elijah, they're going to have to come in and say, I get it here. And if I don't completely get it, I want to learn how to get it because there is a way that things work here and a way that things that, that don't work at Temple, unless you're Nick Saban, you're not going to come in with this outside perspective and, and win at Temple. Yeah. Is there any outside the box name that you think, like, hey, man, if this guy ends up getting hired, yeah, he wasn't at the top of my, like, usual suspects list but i'm not sh- totally shocked um i don't know i don't know how outside the box you think terry smith might be at penn state he's mm. their uh defensive recruiting coordinator and cornerbacks coach he was on matt rule staff here for a little while uh former penn state receiver 
um, helped them get uh, three guys. He used to coach at Gateway High School, one of the yeah. more successful programs outside of Pittsburgh. He had a couple other highly recruited guys that didn't work out, but Delvon Randall stuck. Um, uh, I think he's I think he's interested. Again, I don't know if you consider that outside the box because he has a tie yeah. with Temple. Um, somebody told me that Justin Fuente might be involved and interested. Mm. He, I, I think he's a you know I think he's a much better football coach than what he showed at Virginia Tech. I don't know how much momentum you get though from hiring a guy who was you know fired at Tech with two games left in the season and um, oh, yeah. he's recruited this area before, but. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'm seeing that, but I don't know if it's really going to be a, a um, out of nowhere higher this time. I think it's going to be something that that makes sense where you'd say, all right, this guy either knows Arthur, Arthur's familiar with him, or this guy knows Temple. But right. hey, but like I said, how big is that? Before. How big is that being able to recruit around here? Uh, it's huge. Oh, I mean, it's huge. I mean, yeah. Barrett, they have to like, you know, sometimes I talk to fans about that. <clears> and you know, and I'm, I'm not breaking any news when I say this. Well, you get good players wherever you can get them. I mean, if they if they need to reach into, um, you know, like if if three years from now we're talking about this kid from Detroit that that's verbally committed, this offensive lineman, you know, great. But you do need to you do need to continue to have camps at Temple, evaluate these guys, recruit locally. That's very important because. You know, I think high school coaches and seven on seven coaches sometimes want it both ways. They'll say, you got to recruit this area. You got to recruit this area. But then if those guys can also send their kids to Florida, Texas, LSU, Notre Dame, they'll do it. And, you know, good for them. But you have to know this area. You have to recruit this area. You have to know which programs you're going to recruit out of. Because, you know, those coaches could say, hey, okay, I'm not going to get you. You know, I'm not going to get you Sharif Floyd, but I might get you this kid who's still going right. to be a fringe pro or a guy that you can really develop. And that's that's where they've done well, because if the coaches around here and I think that's again, that's where Gabe can help and has started to help. That's certainly where Preston can help. It's huge. But, you know, they've gotten players from outside the area before. You know, they reached on to, into Colorado with a connection they had on Jacob Martin. Now he's playing with the Texans and and doing well, like they've reached into Florida to get you know, a guy like Robbie Anderson or, um, you know, a guy like Jovan Fair, who was was trying to get into the NFL. Now he's back at Temple as an academic advisor. They got him from Ohio. So they will reach out of the area. But I think sticking within that footprint uh, in the Philly metro area, not going much, not going much farther north than Hartford, not going much farther south than like, you know, like the Tidewater area. That's going to be big. That's what worked for Al. That's what worked for for Matt. So it, it's huge, Barrett. And I think they will. The next guy, if he wants to succeed, has to get back to that, or I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, that was the golden plan when he came in here. You know, that's it. Uh, really uh, reset the uh, uh, the map, if you will. But John, great stuff as always. We appreciate you jumping on and uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Jay DeCarlo, and of course on Al Scoop. Uh, for everything Temple sports, man. Uh, what do you think about the basketball program? Man, they got a bad break losing their best player uh, for the rest of the season. Can they survive this? Yeah, it's tough. Caleb Battle was really, really starting to be that that electric score that they needed. I'm not saying he's going to maybe have the same career, but he reminds me of Deontay Christmas where he's mm. got that quick trigger and a beautiful shot, beautiful arc on the ball. So certainly a really, really tough break for them. I don't know that they were going to be a tournament team this year, even with Caliph battle. I think next year has got to be the year where Aaron gets them to the tournament. I think a lot right. of times he looks at a program like, like what Calvin Sampson did uh, has done at Houston. You know, Calvin got them into the tournament in year four. So building it with more athleticism, it sounds cliche, but I think it's going to be an opportunity for guys like Damian Don, some of these younger players to say, all right, 
Strickland. I need, I need to, yeah. yeah, Ty Strickland, who, you know, I thought might have been a fringe bench guy who who really look, looks healthier. Look, his mm-hmm. shoulder looks healthier. So, I mean, he's dealing with a thigh injury. Once he comes back, he could be a guy that hits shots for you. Zach Hicks, the freshman out of Camden Catholic, can certainly shoot the hell out of the ball, but he's got to grow and develop. So, I mean, I think it kind of certain well certainly dampens any NCAA tournament hopes they might have had. They're starting to play better. Uh, they're starting to run through their Big Five schedule. They're playing. You know, they're playing Vanderbilt tonight. tonight, and they have uh, a not too good St. Joe's team on Saturday. Villanova will certainly be a test for them much later in the month. But yep. um, you know, it stinks for them. You know, Caleb's a great kid, and again, a really good shooter. I think the chemistry on the team this year is a lot better. I think the athleticism on the team this year is a lot better. Um, they still have to learn how to rebound better, but you know, might set things back for Aaron a little bit, but. I'd, I'd keep an eye on next season to see what they do next season. Are they finally going to get to the tournament and, and really get back into the postseason, which they certainly need to do. But, yeah, losing Caliph is tough, but yeah. we'll see what he can do with some of these younger players. Like I said, like a Zach Hicks, how much does how much of a lift does Ty Strickland give him when he when he comes back in? means more minutes for Hysia Miller, too, the freshman right. from the out of Newman Goretti. All right, John, great stuff, man. Thanks for jumping on, and uh, have a great holiday season if I don't talk to you again. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks, Barry. Good seeing you guys. All we'll right, see you there too, he is, John DiCarlo for everything Temple. Uh, he's He's got it going on. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know if they're going to get this done before uh, the signing period or not. So it sounds like not, he said bro. it might be tomorrow, and then, you know, they talk me off talk on me another off, week yeah. or two. Yeah, so who knows? <laughs> who the hell knows? I just hope they get the right guy. You know, Right, 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 right. So. All right, Barrett. Now, what uh, what do you got planned for the rest of the day? I got to do a podcast with Mertitis, our first one uh, of the Ajis podcast. Ajis, ah, yeah, yeah, not nah, jeez, yeah. <laughs> so we got to do that. I have no idea. We got John DeBella coming on for that. So, uh, but uh, other than that, now I got to go meet uh, for dinner a buddy of mine down in South Philly tonight uh, at a a very famous. South Philadelphia restaurant. Uh, what? He's an he's an adver a former advertiser with me oh, okay. at, the, at the other radio stations. So oh, I'm okay. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, is, is it I on? I think him we're too? going to Villa de Roma. Wow. Down is, in is, South. Is it on Philly. him? Uh, it on it'll him? probably be uh, probably be Dutch. All right. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably <laughs> split the tab. You know. So. That's what's up, man. Me. What do you got? I uh, I'm gonna do a little more research on because you know it's, it's next to. There's next to nothing going on Colorado School of the Minds as far oh, as yeah. football. Yeah, and I'm looking all over everywhere trying to find film. You on can't even get hard. film on that squad. Yeah, so I'm gonna call just that do SID. Valdosta State stuff. Right. They're gonna roll anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked the point spread, but I bet they're gonna roll. Well, it looks that way, man. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. That's yeah. it. All right, everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for listening. Smash the like button, tell a friend, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 11. Don't forget about Big Sills, Dan Cilio, coming your way at 4 o'clock right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. See you tomorrow. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy sh- Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Okay, but is the rip- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.